Legacy and innovation are two words that are intertwined and integral in the fulfillment of your destiny. You want to build something that lasts beyond your lifetime, but in order to do that, you have to build something that is innovative, something that, in essence, reinvents itself to last beyond your lifetime. The dictionary definition of innovation is, innovation is the practical implementation of ideas that result in the introduction of new goods and services or the improvement in offering the current goods and services. In other words, innovation, you do things better. So in this episode, I get to chat to an amazing friend of mine, a work colleague, actually, in some aspect of our lives, but uh, Mr. Marlon Bird, who is a serial entrepreneur, and he'll tell you more about his businesses, an educator, a pioneer, a youth pastor, and someone who's excited about activating people and mobilizing them to achieve their life goals. So, without further ado, Mr. Marlon So, I'm Jason Skippers, and welcome to Things We Learned on a Monday Morning, a podcast where I speak about my learnings and speak to friends who learn things as well. So, Mr. Marlon welcome, welcome, welcome. Wow, thank you so much for that introduction. Yo, can I put that on my LinkedIn profile? You're most welcome <laughs> to. It's all true. Just a part of uh, this, some lies there somewhere, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you much. Yeah, so, funny thing about this is, this is actually being recorded on a Monday morning. One of the first recordings, which actually ties in with the name, on a Monday morning. Yes, things we learned on a Monday morning. Well, yeah. on the afternoon, technically, it's after 12. Um, yeah. So, Marlon, yes. So, for those that don't know who you are, uh, Tell us a bit more about yourself. I said you're a serial entrepreneur, you're a pioneer, you're all these yeah. things. So tell us a bit about yourself. Who is Marlon Bird? Yo, that's a difficult question, man, because I can go on for days. <laughs> but I know we do not. <laughs> and I could give you a whole autobiography. But yeah, just in context, I think of um, while we're speaking about um, entrepreneur, like I think background quickly, just in terms of who I was. Um, growing up, I've always believed I had this list of goals that I wanted to achieve. And on that goals were, for example, pass matric, um, into university, you know, buy your first car. Um, and it wasn't only your first car, it was a new car. <laughs> that was the one thing. And then there was start your business. And then the next step was own about three to four businesses moving forward. So um, the beauty behind that is like, as I went on, I was able to tick off quite a few of those things. So looking at like now, I'm just like, yo. When you say serial entrepreneur, I'm just like, yo, actually, <laughs> I think I feel a bit like, wow, I've achieved something. But I think the grace of God really has shown that. So um, as you said, Marlon Bird, I think if I take the titles away, I'm really someone who's passionate about young people, about education, and really just seeing others thrive in spaces that they're not. And even for me, um, being a big brother has like been a big thing for me. So um, I've got a younger sibling, um, a sister, and she's two years younger than me. And obviously growing up, the dynamic we had was one that I wished everyone else had. But at the same time, people above me looked out for me as though I was their little brother. So growing up, I think all of these things that I've encompassed speaks into that. So you would look at myself in business-wise. Uh, my business is centered around education. I've started off a 
private tutor, <laughs> you know, from private tutor went to um, getting more clients to eventually registering a business for tuition. And then from there, took it to the next level in terms of providing workshops, resources, um, hiring others to do some of the work I've been doing. Um, and that has obviously grown to an academy at some sort where we were able to partner with schools and other kids, um, assisting them with um, after-school programs. And that has given birth to what is called Timothy House today. So that is just one of the hats. The other one is obviously um, our collective business, which is basically a promotional um, product supplier um, and branding business. So we help those businesses that are looking to brand themselves and thrive through um, creating T-shirts. Any brand awareness and marketing-related things, obviously, is where we tie it into as well. And then, obviously, like I said, um, co-worker with a youth pastor um, at the father's house. And I must admit that I think, if anything, that's one of my biggest passions because I feel like it encompasses all of them <laughs> in one go. But that is, yeah, if you... If you're asking for me who I am in terms of titles, <laughs> I think that is it. But if you take the titles away, it's literally just me being someone who's privileged enough to know what they're passionate about and live out those passions. Um, so, yeah, young people, business, and education. Those are the three wow. that I'm really keen what, what a journey. What a journey. So, wow. <laughs> so, there was a lot in that. So, one day, uh, the autobiography will come out. We will hear the come full on, version of this journey. But I, obviously, I know you for a while. I know your backstory. So for yeah. those who don't know, and, and, and you touched on it now, you mentioned about how you, the, the evolution of uh, Timothy House and how you got there from yeah. being a teacher, being a tutor, tutor, sorry, offering that sort of yeah. service to your, to your students and to many other students and then developing the business. So what was that like? What was that, that evolution in your head? What was, that, what was the emotions and the feelings around having to make that leap? Why did you make that leap? Um, yeah. yeah. So that's a good question. So um so back to context quickly. When when I was a, a private tutor, one of the things that I saw was uh, let me rather say this, eh? when my father sent me in grade six to an instant maths class, and I remember I hated it so much because number one, it wasn't a Wednesday. School ended at two. I had to wait till four, and it was from four to six at a church, man. And not only that, I had to walk from school to the church. I think I went for about four or five lessons and I vowed to myself that day, this will not be the rest of my life. <laughs> so I intentionally went and I'm like, I'm going to work hard and started exciting in math. So once I reached the trick and I passed fairly well, um, I saw a lot of the youth kids were struggling with the math. And I was like, just that flashback of like, oh, there's horrible after classes, the old guy there in the church setting, you know, like everything kind of just had this flashback. And I'm like, nah, these guys can't experience stuff like that. So what I started doing, it was, I was just like, hey, I'm more than happy to help you with maths. Um, let me try that. And that kind of started the evolution and the passion for helping them excel. That then obviously grew to um, getting more of the youth kids involved and more students on the outside. People started spreading awareness. So the idea was, I didn't want them to experience what I had experienced. That then transitioned when I was done studying become accounting. The funny thing was, um, I think God just directed my path to schooling. I remember, obviously, there was a lot happening personally. But one of the things I remember was I did back work for a week and I hated everything about it. Like, I'm telling you, sitting behind that desk, ticking off things as an auditor, I was just like, is this the rest of my life? 
no ways, man. So um, that clearly ended right there that week. A door got open for teaching maths at a public schooling. And that, I think, ignited the ultimate passion because there was a mentor teacher that I had there. And he obviously knew I loved the Lord. He knew um, I loved working with young people, empowering, equipping them. And he just looked at me and he said, you know what? This is the best place for you to impact lives on a bigger scale. And I just looked at him like, what do you mean? And he's like, your youth group is 20 to 30 kids every Friday. Here you have 120 kids every day that you can impact and more. And I was just like, wow, I get you. I get you. And that, I think, also birthed a spark for wanting to do more. Then I also realized when I was in the system, okay, not everything is as good as they should be or ought to be. And I think that sparked another fire in terms of if I'm not going to change and if I'm not going to try and change this in the community that I have or the inside that I have, well, then I better go make a change some way, somehow. And I think that gave birth to the to, um, academy in terms of tuition, where I was able to set up my own rules, you know, learn from what was happening and then create this perfect atmosphere and space. And then Timothy House birthed out of that when we realized through COVID that the clients were saying to ourselves, listen, um, we need help. <laughs> Our schooling system is failing. Um, you've been journeying with us for a while. Is there not a way that you can help us through the academy? And that just sparked the birth of this hybrid Timothy House passion. So um, it is literally every journey and every season that I've encountered over this time sparked another passion of we got to solve this problem. So the next problem came along and I'm like, okay, cool. Let's solve this one, <laughs> you know, but I'm hoping we're going to pause in terms of problems for a bit so that one can master <laughs> this art at least. I was hoping, I was hoping to add problem solver to your, to your LinkedIn profile oh, as well, because I think oh. we need to add on to hundred percent. Now, and uh, for those that are listening, uh, you, uh, He's currently at Timothy House. So you, you may hear kids in the background, which is fine. So don't worry, Molly, don't panic. Yeah, awkward. Okay, no, 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 it's fine. No, I love it. So I mean, you're going to hear the ambience of the space. Um, and uh, you'll obviously touch a bit more, because I want to know uh, more about your innovative approach to education through Timothy House. Yeah. And your, I guess your learning pillars, I guess we can touch on that, because that's that's actually my next question uh, mm. before we drive into some other things. But um, so, so uh, what makes Timothy House different from other educational institutions, if I want to call that, you know, if you want to say yes. that, but what makes you guys different? What's so innovative about your approach to education? Yeah. So um, I, I, I know I'm jumping the gun here, but I love what you said about the definition of innovation, right? Um, a practical implementa- implementation of an idea, or you're basically beckoning it. So one of the things that I love doing is I've been saying that you're not saying we want to totally reinvent the wheel. We're not saying that we want to, throw off what people has been doing. But with so many changes and so many things um, happening in the round in the world around us, you know, the whole fourth industrial revolution that we hitting revolution, sorry, that we're hitting, um, I believe that introducing new techniques and establishing new ways to do things kind of helps that and assist with that. So at Timothy House, we call um, our learning style what we're basically saying is a hybrid approach. And this is basically taking the elements of all the good things that I've learned and kind of combining it into one. So I've had the opportunity of being in private school, public schooling, um, small schools, big schools, and there were many things that were great about it. 
Um, even in the homeschool setting, I've been able to um, work there. But And there were many things that were great about it. But there wasn't a platform that offered the best of everything, you know. And I believe that's where this birth of Timothy House. So our, um, let's call it innovation, is taking the best elements of education, adding them together, putting out spin. So we say it's a holistic approach. And a lot of the people are like, oh, yes, everyone's using the word holistic, you know, it's loose here. And I'm like, no, sorry, wait, let me rephrase It's that. like pivoting. We are more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? All of a sudden, everyone is pivoting. <laughs> no one knows to where or to. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, for us, the holistic approach is really important because we've realized that academics in today's world is not the only driving force. And what I mean by that is our kids are experiencing a lot emotionally, psychologically, but also socially. And we try to implement that into our education that we have. So when a kid is having a horrible day based on circumstance out of the schooling context, we are not adding pressure by saying, listen, um, these are the rules. Follow the rules and you'll be okay. So we kind of neglect everything else that's happening. Where we are actually saying, okay, you've informed us you're not having the best of day. How can we make that mix a bit easier for you today in terms of we're not adding pressure. We want you to kind of maintain what you're feeling, um, control those emotions, deal with it, go through it, but make sure your education doesn't lack. So um, Timothy House's approach to um, innovation in terms of education is very much where we're saying we've got this hybrid model. We are able to work from home, be at our hub, but at the same time, we're not saying education is the only thing that matters to us. You as an individual, what you've experienced socially, emotionally, all plays part. And obviously that's how we structured um, our systems, how we structured our setup, our, um, let's call it our leadership here at Timothy House, um, and even our culture and wording. So um, we don't want to use negative connotations that already brings things. So a word like teacher, not everyone has the best experience with the word teacher, right? Um, so we don't have teachers, we actually have facilitators, which just creates a brand new mind. Even the words such as subjects, um, you know, certain people are like, oh, that's just uh, this. Where we're saying it's actually an elective and an elective is something that you choose that's going to help you achieve a certain goal at the end. So it's based on all of those things. And again, nothing different to new, right? It's not like we've reinvented the wheel totally, but we've literally taken the elements that we believe applies to what we're doing. And like you said, it's a practical implementation of what has been working really well as well. Yeah, there's a beautiful quote um, that I've often used, words create worlds. And I think what mm. you what it's what, what I'm drawing from you is that as you redefine or choose other words to redefine the world in front of you, your approach to it will be different. So in other words, like you mentioned, people some people don't like the word subject or teacher. So you say let's reframe it. It's electives, mm. it's facilitators. So immediately mm. that that the different word evokes a different response and feeling towards the work that needs to get done. And I guess also your learning environment, the remote versus uh, the remote and the hub approach. So, I mean, those are, those are exciting. So those are exciting elements to apply to education, which yeah. doesn't fit within the normal con construct of a, a class or school uh, that you go to in uniform. I imagine you, there's no uniform that you, that you what forced to. What is uniform, man? I didn't know you wear uniform to work. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think it's we need to be innovative in our approach. And I, 
uh, of how we do things. And, uh, and that's the heart of this episode is that um, even now we're recording remotely, still be able to do a podcast mm. and be innovative in, in order to achieve and bring a, bring for me to be able to share your story. That's being innovative. Yeah, so we're going to shift gears just a little bit. So you, you, you're this founder of the school. You also work for a branding company where you, I know this mugs, mugs, t-shirts, stickers, all those things, those, you know, I will get my I will get my Craveland stickers and Come maybe on. maybe the podcast one actually things we learn on a Monday morning would be nice. Uh, and, I just love that. <coughs> I feel like it's a whole culture sitting there. Like every day Monday I want to just wake up and be like, what have I learned today? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's the mindset. Things we learn on a Monday. We learn this on a Monday, and Monday's usually the start of the week. That's why that's what this podcast mm-hmm. is about. We Monday's usually the start of the week. We learn things on the Monday, it gets us ready for the week. Um so that's mm-hmm. the heart behind this podcast. And you you know we you're my friends. And so, um, so yes, so you, you're, you're wearing multiple hats. You're this multiple uh, serial entrepreneur, juggler of hats and people. And I think, my, let's shift gears to legacy. Let's look at legacy. So mm. I guess my question to you is, how, how, what do you, how, would, how would you define legacy? What does legacy mean to you? When you hear the word, what does legacy mean to you? Yeah, so I, I know it's a very cliche thing to say, but to me, legacy, especially in where I'm finding myself and heart and passion, it's always what I leave behind when I'm not there, you know? So um, how do I make people feel once I'm gone um, or left? Um, what impact have I given them once I'm gone and once I've left? So to me, legacy is really about impacting people in that moment of that situation, but it's when you are gone, the impact lost much longer and is not centered around Marlon. So what I love about um, everything that I do, even from working at the church to working at the school to working and um, being a director at Collective, it's that it's not about me at the end of the day, you know? And to me, that's what I love about the legacy. So even for our young people, it's when they're leaving school, it's not Marlon changed my life, <laughs> you know? It's um, the environment of Timothy House changed my life. And when I'm gone one day, I'm hoping that culture stays so that the people who step in carries on the legacy where they know that Timothy House leaves that spot in people. So for me, um, the term legacy, like I said, leaving that of impact and importance behind when I'm not there, it also echoes into the things I'm doing when I'm not there, you know. So I'm hoping if I leave for a month, maybe one day, the school or the business or the church that I'm at, you know, doesn't fall apart <laughs> because I have to. But the legacy plays on um, the way the culture and things, all of that stays behind as well. Sure. No, 100%. Yeah, I think it's something we're all looking to do. And uh, like I said, Mar- oh, we said earlier, Marlon and I work together. Church <laughs> bothers us. Yay. Um, and it's always looking uh, and the heart behind or the essence why we work there or how we work there or what we plan to do or what we always do there. So that's the best way I can explain it, is that we're always looking to work ourselves out of the job. That we build structures and things in place that when people, that the next person can build on top of and it builds beyond ourselves. Because as soon as we begin to hold on to places and positions, uh, it begins to die. And I think that's, that's, that's indicative of or at least reflective of where you're at and, and the multiple things that you are involved in. And I think, uh, last question before we move into the next section, which is, <coughs> sorry, Hack the Day. Uh, hack of the Day, or Hack the Day, actually. It's called Hack the Day. We'll get there now. Um, is it what what drives you or keeps you motivated to do the things that you are doing? So, I mean, like I said, multiple things, hats that you have on, yeah. 
what motivates you, what drives you to continue to do what you do? So to, if I can give us a very straightforward cut answer, right, is that I do believe that I'm one of maybe few people, I mean, the friends that I'm connected with, I'm learning that they too have found it. But to me, the one driving force that encourages me, empowers me, and goes me through the day, honestly, is that I truly, number one, found out what God has given me as a passion, and I've been driven in that. It's really the God-given passion that I've identified. So to me, I've always joked with people, listen, I might be this guy of um, 34 years old, um, but involved with so many young people things, it's because I believe the gifting and the talent that God has given me lies in that. And I'm embracing that. I'm learning how to um, engage with that. And uh, I'm not saying that that is the space that I'm hoping to be when I'm 60, <laughs> you know, but I am saying that heart and passion drivers allow me to create systems and as I'm maturing and growing, bring forth the responsibility and etiquette towards that space, you know. So um, every morning, um, what drives me to go is knowing that I love what I do. Um, the cliche saying of um, it's not work, it's your passion. I mean, there's no other way to say it for me. It is legit that like I, I will <laughs> listen, I'm not saying every meeting is the best to go to, <laughs> you know, but I am saying that I will do it because I'm passionate about it, you know, and I love what I mean. So that to me is the ultimate driving force, being able to say God has blessed me with this passion and I'm actually madly in love with that. And that's what I'm driving to go for. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. Well, one last question before we shift over. Well, two things. One, can you invent something to stop bots recording, uh, calling you for random things? Because that's, throughout this episode, that's what's happening, getting some calls. And I'm like, <laughs> I know that's a part because every time you click on it's like, press one now. Press one now. Oh, so I, mean, I get those ones, which is just annoying. Absolutely annoying. And they call you so many times a day. No matter how many times you cancel. Last question. What is one thing you want to, a tip, an idea, a motivational thought that you want to share with people in order to pursue their dreams? So to encourage people to pursue their dreams, yeah. those that are kind of holding back or those that uh, that need a you know, little, little bit of a push or those that are currently doing mm-hmm. it. Like any, What is the one thing you want to share with people that you want to encourage them to go achieve their dreams? Wow. I would say... <laughs> Well, to answer your first question, Jason, unfortunately, my IT skills is not that great. So I don't know about that part. <laughs> but we'll get there one day. Um, but my encouragement or my motivation to someone out there that's listening, especially um, those, like you said, are wanting to go for it. I've learned throughout the years, even from the age of 16, that if you're not willing to take that first step, then you will always remain where you are. Um, and my encouragement is take the first step. A lot of people would say certain things require a leap, um, you know, that whole leap of faith. Um, and I'm just like, oh, that's that's hectic because a leap is a lot compared to a step, right? And my encouragement is just that really take a step into whatever direction you are finding yourself going to, even if it's the unknown. Um, I would not have been where I am today by not taking a step. And obviously, like you said, when we engage with exactly what those are and what does it look like, it's literally taking a step that I had to take a step to say, hey, um, I don't want you guys to experience this. I'll come up with a solution. Then the step was like, okay, what is the solution? <laughs> you know. And the beauty about 
hopefully encouraging um, the listeners today is to take a step is also letting them know that the minute you take another step, you realize that you're actually just walking into what you are called to do. And then you end up running, <laughs> you know, and then things just start accelerating like never before. But it really does start with taking that step. And that is my encouragement. Take a step into whatever it is for you um, and go for it, man. And it's okay. <laughs> you know? 100%. Wow. Oh, I hope that encouraged you as it encouraged me. I get to see him every week. So I get all these pearls of wisdom. <laughs> Uh, but you're right, you're right, you actually, what, 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 something profound you said there, a leap is larger than a step. And mm. sometimes there's a, there's an element of bravery in taking the leap and taking a step. And so for some people, a step mm. is, a step feels like a leap. But you're right, some, some things you just need to dive into, take the leap, and then just see mm. what happens after, after that. Because that, that's what faith is anyway. Faith is, yes. it's not the absence of knowledge or the absence of reality, but it's diving feet first, head first with courage into the unknown um, and to see what comes out in the end. So, Marlon, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you and, for having me, man. Yeah, 100%. This and well, we're going to move on to the next segment now, so you're not going anywhere just mm. yet. So, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Well, we now, we've now come to the segment called Hack the Day. Um, this is, in the segment, we look at gadgets, Apps, food, like in last last episode, <laughs> like in the last episode, but things that makes our lives a bit easier, or at least enjoyable. Uh, well, I've asked Marlon to share a hack that he uses to, that makes his life enjoyable and easy and fun. So, Marlon, what is your the hack that you want to share with us today? Yeah. Oh, wow. I sound. I feel like this is not that profound, <laughs> but you know what? It is profound in terms of context. Quickly, so um, people always ask me, oh, "Are you into tech?" Because when I show them my Apple Watch, they all they all just like, "Oh, wow, you must be the tech guy." I'm like, "Nah, that's Jason," <laughs> you know. Um, but <laughs> my hack is definitely my Apple Watch, and I'll be honest in saying that. It's only because it keeps me grounded. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, and I know it's very much ironic, but Context you quickly, right? Um, growing up with my phone, and obviously, as you know, being um, someone who's in business and stuff, sometimes you don't know when to switch off. And um, in the beginning stages, everything needs a response, needs a reply. So you kind of go from doing a nine to five to doing 24 seven, and it doesn't become healthy. Um, and there's a lot of things wrong that you can dive in. So um, I use my Apple Watch for two simple reasons. Number one, it keeps me grounded in knowing that Marlon, not every message or every call needs to be answered. Like that message and that also, just came through now. Exactly, that <laughs> just came through. Right? <laughs> and then also, it helps me to avoid um, things that aren't necessarily, um, what can I say, important in that moment. So a lot of the times, people would call you, messages would come. It's quite rude picking up the phone the whole time. And it's not really a good, I don't know, let's call it a good show of faith towards the person you're in in their company, you know, always look at my phone. And that was me a few years back. It was the guy who's on his phone 24-7, answering everything, every email nearly, because obviously it was important <laughs> and things. So my Apple Watch was is my gadget that I do not go without with because it keeps me in the now moment and it keeps me with who I'm at, extended around, so that everything else is not a distraction in that home. Yeah, no, I can... I can. Be a testimony to that. All you just see, Marlon does this. 
<laughs> just that, <laughs> or just it just does this. So he's just switching off because if it was the phone, you'd be. I can I can understand okay. the lure of like if it's a phone, you are going to go into the app and read it. Mm. Whereas with the Apple Watch, because of the, the size, you just like, yeah. I'll, I'll deal with it later. Uh, well, good because now oh, that's actually good. No, no, okay. Apple yeah, Watch. Look, listen, yeah. I am learning. I am learning how to actually deal with it later, though. Yes, <laughs> because that's the other problem. <laughs> you know, you ignore and then you forget about oh, it. Oh yeah, so that's me. I'm getting better. That's me. That's me. It's out of out of sight, out of mind sometimes, but not all the time. Go. Well, for my one, um, and I'm going to lift it up, is this little thing. Okay, I've got an Apple adapter on this thing, so it makes it a bit different. But it's called um, it's a car inverter for my for my laptop. So what I do is, because of load shedding, um, and we dealt with load shedding a lot, and so going to places and getting your stuff. Tra- so this plugs into the cigarette lighter thing. The for those who don't know, that's a circular thing at the bottom of your car by the. You know, you you know that's that's what you're supposed to. Yes, you're supposed to light cigarettes, but I don't smoke, so this is what this is for. It's where you charge your phones. Plug it in there. I plug my laptop in there, and on my commute to wherever I need to go, I'm able to charge my laptop. So it gives a um, it helps because not every restaurant has a plug source for you in terms of where you're able to sit. But this way, you're able to at least ensure that there's some form of um, charging uh, your battery charged in some form, so you can able to sit with your laptop. Uh, but yeah, during load cheating, I had to get it on take a lot. Um, so that was oh, when serious load cheating. That was actually last year. The year it was in last year I got it, and it served me well. Um, and it still serves me well. It's, I, I never go anywhere without it. It's in my bag, so I plug it in. So I know that wherever I go, I will at least have my laptop will be charged in some form. Yeah. And also, you can also charge your. There's also a, for the USB ports. I can charge my phone if I need be if need oh, be. Yeah. But this. Is a must have, and I encourage anyone and everyone to get this con not the specific one, but get one that works for you. Actually, it's upside down, no, it's right. Coinverter for you, get it on take a lot version of it, and it will really it will transform how you show up in spaces with your charged, fully charged laptop. Uh, but Marlon, thank you so much for once again for coming. Um, I will put a link in the description of all your involvements. Um, oh, so, God. Timothy House, we're going to punt that uh, as well as uh, the other business. And then Father's House, I'll punt that as well. But that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm also working there. So, it's, um, yeah. And just so you know, by, <laughs> by the, the way, we, but, uh, say again? We, we, the way we've been advertising Apple, Apple might as well sponsor you. Oh, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, just so you know, Marlon and I work in part time capacity. So, yeah. but, it feels full time because of uh, the load, the workload, but it's a, it's a part time <laughs> capacity, <laughs> full time execution. Um, but like I said, we're building things beyond ourselves and we're just excited just to be in a space to rub shoulders and, and to be yeah. dynamic and look to make the world a better place. So Marlon, thank you so much and may you have a fantastic, fantastic day. Awesome, you man. So, in conclusion, Marlon was such a great guest and uh, he highlighted something so beautiful that highlighted something so beautiful is that you have to take a leap. And a leap is much larger than a step, but it's important that you take the leap. And with leaping, it is courage and bravery that you need to just jump into things in a level of faith that you can just jump into things and start to build. And so, the exciting thing, the learnings that I got from him, is that he's, <clears throat> he's currently building multiple things, whether it be youth ministry at church, the branding business, providing a branding service for people, as well as this innovative school. Um, ways a different approach to the learning environment and um, how we have to build things beyond ourselves 
and be brave in being innovative. And so I, I can imagine the school will live long on past them <coughs> with the particular approaches that they do. And you will learn more about the school. The links in the descriptions and I'll send all those things through. But it's the beauty of being innovative in your approach to life. You will build something that's beyond you and will live, outlive you. And that's something that's a takeaway now. It's something I've encouraged you to do. Thank you for listening to Things We Learned on a Monday morning. I hope you enjoyed it. Please like and subscribe and leave a comment. I would love to hear from you. Chat soon.